Well, good morning, guys. So how is everybody's holiday? Christmas is good? Yeah? I like what Pat said. He said that, you know, for men, you know, Christmas is great. For women, sometimes not so much. Um, but I don't know, for some guys, it's, it's probably not the greatest either. So that's what I want to talk to you guys about, though, was, uh, you know, just talking about, you know, the holidays in general. Um, you know, I think holidays are really interesting uh, because you're exposed to a lot of junk, you know, whether it's family or whether it's friends. But you also get to expose your junk to them if you're not careful. <laughs> so it's kind of a twofold thing, you know. Um, I would say, uh, you know, Pat kind of alluded to it, you know. Sometimes it's easy to kind of just sort of shut down during the holiday seasons. Um, you know, for a lot of us, though, we can extend that further. It's just not the holiday seasons, you know. Um, I think it's kind of funny, though. Uh, what I see a lot of people do and what I do a lot is, you know, not necessarily during the holiday seasons, but, you know, I put myself on this island, you know, because I don't necessarily want to share my junk, you know, around that, around a certain group of people. But and then I also, I don't want to have their junk on me. So I put myself on this island. And the cool thing about my island is you get to hunt like 24-7, right? You get to fish all the time, right? Uh, you know, you, you don't have to worry about being chastised. Uh, you don't have to worry about being held accountable. Uh, this island is all about me. It's just all sitting there. I'm the only resident. I can stay in my jammies all day long. I don't have to shower. I don't have to shave. I can just do whatever I want. Um, I don't have to worry about uh, anybody passing judgment on me, you know. Don't have to worry about uh, getting bad advice. I don't have to worry about offending anybody or being offended. I don't have to worry about being rejected or rejecting somebody else. So my island is like a really cool island. But what's not on that island, there isn't any love. There's no love. There's no trust. There's no compassion. You know, there's, uh, that island is really lonely. You know, there's no family, there's no hope, there's no peace, there's no joy. You know, there certainly isn't any Jesus right there. Um, because we've already, by going on that island, we've already went against the Word of God. Um, we've alienated ourselves from everyone else. And we do it in a selfish manner. We think we're protecting ourselves, but in fact, um, we're actually robbing people of the ability to bless us. Um, so, you know, in talking about that, you know, I, you know, I really, God really gave me like three or four main scriptures, you know, and a lot of them just talk about that island, about how dysfunctional it is um, and how I choose it from time to time, you know, of how I run to that island and I take up my residency, you know, Thinking about Christ, you know, it's, there was, there's always vacancy on my island for me. <laughs> you know, I didn't have to go to the stable. My island has always got a vacancy. But I wish it didn't. So, you know, I'm going to share some scriptures with you guys and just kind of talk about that. What it really means, you know. Um, you know, I think the interesting thing about having an island like that that's always got a vacancy is that's exactly where the devil would like you to be. He would like you to be always there. He'd like, 
that vacancy to be filled by you because he wants to separate you from each other, right? He wants to cause division. And he wants to have you feel like you can't trust anyone, that everybody's going to reject you, that, you know, the love that you have for yourself is fine, that you're self-supporting in everything that you do, that you can sustain yourself by yourself, Um, which is exactly what God's Word doesn't say. But it's exactly what I like to do. Um, And I suspect some of you guys probably like to do that too. Uh, Probably unintentionally a lot. Um, So there's a scripture though that uh, if you guys have your Bible, so you guys can go to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1. It says, The one who lives alone in self-indulgent, or is self-indulgent, showing contempt for all who have sound judgment. You know, when you're by yourself and you alienate yourself, you're basically saying that nobody can help you. That it's about you. That you're smarter than everyone else. Um, You know, I can do this with my job. I can do this with my marriage. I can do this with um, just about anything with uh, health issues, you know. That, you know, instead of having prayer the other day for my foot, you know, I just toughed it out, you know. And it, it went away, you know, through my prayer. You know, I mean, it probably would have ended a whole heck of a lot quicker if I would have allowed you guys to pray for me. And instead, I robbed, you know, the blessing that you guys would have had. And I think that's, a, that's what really drives me to my island is um, a false sense of security. But it's really, uh, I would say, a lack of humility, a lot of fear, and a lot of pride. I think to ask a group of people to pray for you is a humbling thing. Um, and it takes, it takes you saying that you can't do it by yourself. So all the, the pride that's in you has to come out of you. And that's, that's a tough thing to do, um, especially in a world that teaches you just the opposite. You know, it tells you, you know, that it's all up to you all the time. You know, and... Teresa and I had a talk about that today, about how it's not up to us all the time. You know, I was sharing with her a little scripture that God had led me to. It has something to do with this, but it's a little bit of a rabbit trail, but not much. Um, you know, it just talks about, it, you know, to run the race, you don't have to be the swiftest. You know, to win the battle, you don't have to be the strongest. You know, to gain a, a lot of wealth, you don't have to be the most intelligent. You know, and it's all, it's all up to God, how God's going to use you and how we have to be able to take that step forward and rely on him and trust him. Um, you know, I, when I think about that scripture, though, I always think, you know, I hear that scripture and then what do I do? I grab my canoe, I grab my paddle, and then I paddle right over to my island again. <laughs> you know, as Dale, Dale would say, I was doing a hot lap. You know, bow is up in the air and I'm swimming to it or paddling to it. Um, and I do it all against, uh, you know, all against sound reasoning. I, I do it against God's holy word, and I just continue to do that. Um, I think I'm making more strides in that area, not getting on my island so much. But, um, you know, I think, uh, I think a lot of it, though, is, is what the devil wants you to be. He wants you to be afraid. He doesn't want you to take chances. No. 
He doesn't want you to trust anybody. You know, he doesn't want you to necessarily have any hope or love. Um, he doesn't want you to be uh, humble. He, he wants you to be proud, right? Um, but, you know, what God has given me to tell you guys is that you're, you're not to be afraid. You're not to be proud. You're, you're to press on. You know, I think, I, I, you know, I talked to a few people, you know, about this too, and I, I'm getting kind of sick and tired of God uh, having me walk out my, uh, my sermon. <laughs> you know, how come I just can't get a little word that has nothing to do with me, <laughs> you know? I mean, oh, man, it's just killing me, you know? I, I mean, uh, so, you know, and I think about all that, you know, and I, I mean, does he ever take the word no for an answer? I mean, man, he hasn't yet. So he's always trying to make a point. So he gave me, gave me this is kind of my meat and potatoes of, of my scripture. So this is in Hebrews 10. It's uh, verse 24 through 25. It says, uh, let us consider how we can stir up one another to love. Let us help one another to do good works. Let us not give up a meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing this. Instead, let us cheer each other up with words of hope and let us do it all the more as, as you see the day coming when Christ will return. You know, I, I, don't see, uh, I don't see an island in that scripture at all. You know, especially when you look at the words. You know, if you were to read it again, you'd see the word of God uses words like us and together and one another. It doesn't say about me or about you. You know, it's, it's a collective. It's a, it's a fellowship. Um, it's everybody lifting each other up together. Um, and just in case I didn't get that point, you know, I, I usually, I don't know about you guys, but I get hit with the two-by-four a lot. It's just not like a, like a ruler. You know, I get the, just to get my attention, you know. And uh, he gave me this scripture, too, and it's in Ecclesiastes. Um, it's actually one of my favorite scriptures. Um, it's chapter 4, 9 through 12. And I, I'm going to read this from the message, just because I like, uh, I like this, this version of it. It says, It is better to have a partner than to go at it alone. Share the work and share the wealth. And if one falls down, the other one helps. But if there's no one else to help, tough. Uh, two in a bed are warm each other uh, alone, you shiver all night. By yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third, it says. A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. You know, when you guys are in the pit, when you guys are in the war, you know, I mean, I, I like, the, there's an author that I like to read is Bill Hybels. You know, he talks about marriage, and he talks about going into the, uh, it's, it's called the, uh, the tunnel of chaos. All right, the kind of tunnel of chaos is like your marriage tunnel, right? But the deal is, though, is you guys got to both go into the tunnel. If one of you guys goes in to the tunnel to to resolve an argument or whatever it is, it doesn't do any good. You guys got to both go in together. You guys got to hash out everything, and it's the same thing with our relationships. It's the same same thing um, uh, with our work. Um, you know, when I prayed, I was talking about claiming favor over our lives, you know. I've, I've often heard, like, Barry Barbernell, whenever I call him, hey, Gary, what's up? He goes, man, I am blessed and highly favored. 
And sometimes I just don't feel that way, <laughs> you know. But Barry, I talked to him, I said, how come you always say that? He goes, well, sometimes I don't feel that way, but I'm claiming it. And I thought, you know what, isn't that part of it, you know, is claiming it. But if I wouldn't have asked and he wouldn't have said it, then I wouldn't have had, you know, a small revelation. And then my wife, <laughs> you know, gives me a book that is in regard to the same exact thing that she sees me kind of struggle with, you know. And I just think by putting it out, what it is that you need, and I'm not saying you have to spill all your junk to everybody, but you do that to certain people that God puts in there that you can trust so you can advance. So your test now can be a testimony to others later. doesn't matter if you're 17 or 18 or if you're 60, you know. This race that we're in is for everyone. <laughs> it's not for just a small group of people, right? So, anyways, so, um, you know, and then I started thinking, after I read that scripture, I thought, well, what if God was just like me? You know, what would that look like? You know, and you know, I started thinking about Christmas, you know. And what if, uh, what if he decided to put his son on earth and then he told nobody? What if, uh, you know, he didn't show grace or mercy to anybody because he never revealed that his son was coming? Um, we wouldn't have a savior, right? We wouldn't have any hope. Um, there wouldn't be a new covenant. As a matter of fact, if the Bible were 20 bucks and Jesus never came back, really, you'd only have 10 bucks because the other $10 isn't even complete. It's not even in there. You've only got half of the story. You know, and I think that's what we do. I think rather than give people the complete story on things, we give the nice version of it. And then we rob ourselves out of a healing process, as well as rob our friends out of being able to bless us. You know, I always think of this one movie where they talk about the guff, you know, and they're talking about prayer and and you know, this guff got filled, and then it finally came to fruition. Whatever it was that they were praying for finally came true. You know, it came to be. The miracle happened. Well, what if that one prayer that I needed from Pat Brady because of my selfishness, I never approached him. What happens? What, what, if, what if that causes a miracle not to happen? All because of my selfishness and not not inviting him into my stuff, right? So, you know, God wants us to be welded together. You know, I, I read, a, you know, my dad welds. And I always think it's really interesting when you take two pieces of steel and you weld them together that they're stronger than they are by themselves. I don't know how that works, but that's how it works. Or how about a horse? You know, a horse can, an average horse can pull 2,500 pounds, but put them together, how much do you think they can pull? They can pull 12,000 pounds. It doesn't double. It's five times as much. That is amazing. You know, think about your prayer life like that. Think about the healing that you need. Um, just think about the island that you put yourself on and how much more it could be. Um, you know, the devil wants you to be separated from God. He wants you on that island, you know. 
He doesn't want you to be welded together. You know, he doesn't want you to team up with another couple horses. Um, what he doesn't want you to do is read the scripture, Colossians 2.2. 2, and it says, I want their hearts to be made cheerful and strong. I want them to be joined together in love. Then their understanding will be rich and complete. And they will know the mystery of God. And here's my favorite part. That mystery is Christ. So I, I would challenge you to take a chance to be loved and accepted and blessed. Um, that you're called to do this all together, not individually. I mean, salvation is an individual thing, but how many know that just getting saved, there's so much more. That's like, that's crossing the beginning line, not crossing the finish line. <laughs> you know, you just got out of the blocks. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a lot more there. Um, we need each other for prayer and teaching. And how about this one? We need each other for rebuking. <laughs> you know, when we're doing something we're not supposed to do. Um, but we also need, need that for encouragement. Like when I need an encouraging word, all I got to do is call my buddy Dale over there. Or Chris Taylor or Everett Orvis, you know, or Shane Stuckroff, Pat, Eric. I mean, I can call. I can't see anybody that I couldn't call. I mean, I can build a bow with Mark. You know, I can do all these different things together, you know. I mean, I can get, I can get encouraging, just encouraging, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just an encouraging spirit that I can get from all you guys. Um, so, uh, on that note, you know what, I want you guys all to stand up. And then, I'll, yeah, that's what I need. Need you guys. And I'm going to just kind of go over just a couple things with you guys. Um, you know, this is kind of a notation that I made. I said, the islands that we place on ourselves affect those around us. You know, we, we think that they don't, but they really, they do. You know, we rob joy and peace from them by being selfish, by withholding love. And I think that that's what selfishness really is. It withholds love. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to withhold love from my wife, from my kids. You know, for many of you. Um, I think the best part is, though, is it's not irreparable. You know, it might be a mess, but it's one that can be cleaned up. And uh, I think, you know, we can be cleaned up. So what I'd like to have everybody, I'm going to, actually, I'm going to preface this. Um, so I'm reading this book, you know, and they, this, uh, this lady, she's called to, to do her first sermon, right? And she's only like 17. So the best part about her sermon was her name of her sermon. It was, uh, God is good and you are dumb. <laughs> now, I could really relate to that, you know, because I understood the first part, but boy, she nailed it with the dumb part, you know. So, so uh, anyway, so, but it was really cool because she, uh, she did an altar call. She said, and I'm going to do it right now. She, she, said, she said this, she said, everyone that sit down that thinks, and I'm going to incorporate this into my sermon, though, that you can do all of this alone that you don't need somebody in this room. Um, 
everybody that thinks they can do it alone, sit down, you know. But in sitting down, you'd be going against the Word of God. Right? His Word's holy. To get off the island starts with one commitment. You know, and it's an easy one. Um, I love what Moses says. You know, he says that a few sermons ago I preached, uh, talked about telling you that you need to choose life or death, a blessing or a curse. He was telling you if you you had to choose either heaven or hell. So if you sit, you're choosing hell. If you stand, you're choosing heaven. Um, And God offers us a gift. A gift that you, you can't pay for. You know, it's just offered to you. talked about how God said that uh, or how he's, I said that if God hadn't sent his son or if he sold him or sent him and he didn't tell you well he did he sent him for all of us to see to share in his hope um, he spans the gap between heaven and hell for us you know um, he's the way he is the truth he's the light goes to the Father except through Christ, except through the Son, right? Um, he tells you all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that you're saved and you will be. He offers you a, this gift today. He extends it to you with open arms. I think the coolest thing about salvation is it has to be done every day. You know, it's small parts of your heart, you know, the parts that you put yourself on the island. It's one thing to accept Christ and be saved, but it's another thing to let him into all your stuff. You know, and that's where it's that's where the daily part comes in. That's when you cross the starting line. You know? So he extends it with open arms and he offers forgiveness for past sins. You know, and there's only reason why he, he can do that. It's only one. It's because he took it upon him. It was beat out of him. He was bruised. He was hung on a cross and then he was killed. He came back three days later just to show that the grave couldn't keep him down, that he could defy even death. Um, that he had power over all things. Even the things that scare us most, like death. Um, you know to raise your hand and to accept it to declare it once again is one thing but to mean it, that's another so I'm going to have you guys all come forward everybody come right down here about it, being able to fall on God's holy word, being able to ask
ask for the healing if you need it. Being able to have the joy that God wants you to have. The favor that he desires you to have. You can do it through a little boy like Paxton. You know, he can do it through a friend. He can do it through a um, crazy stonemason. You know, but um, I would ask you guys this, that, uh, that don't leave here without confessing that the Lord is your Savior. That you can surrender all that to Him. That you can, you can trust Him with everything. And if you just would discern the people that He puts in your lives, trust you can trust them too so as we knock down walls and um, I would just pray that you would join in and and Daniel's going to sing something for us oh yeah he is he doesn't know what though you see that he's got a pick in his mouth right now but just take God's word to heart Proverbs, he said that you can't do it alone. Hebrews, he said you can't do it alone. Ecclesiastes, he said you can't do it alone. I mean, I have so many scriptures that says that you can't do it alone because I was looking for the one place that said you could do it alone. <laughs> There's not one. <laughs> Couldn't find one. Maybe one of you guys can. I can't. So I'm going to pray right now. Father, I just pray that you just remove the islands that we build. Lord, that uh, you'd make them just unreachable. That you would replace them with hope and love and peace and joy. Lord, that we would all fall back onto that. Spirit would be just strong among us. Lord, I love what your word says. It just says, come Holy Spirit, come. I love it that your word says too that even before I speak, that your Holy Spirit fills me and it teaches me as the words are coming out of my mouth. Lord, I would also pray that just the people here wouldn't have to walk it out like I do all the time. It'd be easier on them. And the test would be a testimony. That although they might be going through a difficult time now, Lord, that you're going to place that one person that needs to hear what you went through to give them the hope to get through what they're going through. Lord, you're an awesome God so much bigger than we could ever imagine. I love it in the end of Job where it says, who are you? Were you there when I created the earth? The heavens, Lord, the cloud, the wind. Who are you? Who are we, Lord? Tell you what we are, though. Just like with Paxton, we are children of God. And we're not bound to slavery or to fear. Adopted, Lord, or grafted in. And even though we may not act like it, we are holy. And Lord, help us just to 
release that same thing out into the world so we are just like Pat said, salt and light. And Father, we just give you all the glory and help us to glorify you. Give us a great week, a great life, Lord.